0: Hello, all you lovely souls who revel in embracing life just as I do. This is Nirja Malik and you are welcome into my world of I Embrace. And what do we intend to do here? We delve into the many layers and shades of my life, exploring resilience, positivity, strength, and the inherent fun and laughter that lies deep within each of us. Interludes from my own exciting and adventurous journey, my personal battles. And victories that have brought forth innumerable lessons in my life. It is these learnings that I place on a golden platter with utmost humility for your personal consumption. My Dearest, darling listeners, you wonderful souls that have shared with me the many tumultuous occasions and happenings of my life. And these episodes link not only the occasions, but also the emotional, mental and spiritual evolution Of everything that happens to one, imbibes it, rolls it up into one, and moves forward. At last out, my body was raging with the temperature and the ice that was required to reduce it with multiple. came from the three buildings of Harbour Heights and because we needed more ice. It was so wonderful to know that all this happened on the 15th of August. Prohibition Day and the Malik family knew a gentleman who owned a hotel And He was so kind as to send a truckload of ice that would not have been used at His hotel to our place. So when a need is there, God ensures that from somewhere or the other, the solution or the answer to all our problems is literally delivered to us at our doorstep to make life easier, simpler, and more bearable for each of us. That is the trust I have grown up with. And if all of us had that faith to keep at the lotus feet of the Lord, what a wonderful world it would be where this total surrender Of ourselves actually blesses us to get the best of everything that is required by us at that precise moment. And I needed the ice for my raging body and I needed the strength and the energy to move on from there. And what popped up in my mind a random instance of someone pressing my hand, till it brought about excruciating pain where I refused to even admit it to anyone other than myself. And that played like a movie in front of my eyes. This memory appeared as if from a long-forgotten film, and in a state of feverish frenzy, I wondered where and why it had popped up. And then the deep-rooted revelation appeared. Yes, I belong to a land of saints and seers who lived by the tenement that I am not the body. I am the soul, and the soul feels nothing. Suddenly, out of nowhere, it seemed as if an overpowering energy overtook my entire being, chanting like an incessant jar those formidable words with single, pointed attention. I am not the body, I am the soul, and the soul feels nothing, I am not the body, I am the soul and the soul feels nothing I am not the body I am the soul and the soul feels nothing I sacked myself thus and a stillness from the tips of my toes till the top of my head ascended on me I was transported to another realm, altogether, as if I was not within, but outside of my body, watching the proceedings from afar with the eyes of a witness, the eyes of a Sakshi. The line of action carried on. The dipping, the squeezing, the slamming of the towels on my burning hot body carried on. But I did not feel anything. I stopped shrieking. My children stopped screaming. And I thought to myself that all is now well with my world. But this lasted only for a few seconds. My mother, horrified at the fact that there was no response from what seemed like a lifeless body lying there, started slapping my cheeks with intensified fervour, her hot tears falling on my face. How could I express my feelings to my mother? How could I convey to her that the spark of life had not left me yet? I had purposely psyched myself to such an extent that I believed that I had created an abstract Sheath around my body that was untouched by the freezing impact of the icy, soaked towel. I had no energy. I had no energy to inform my mother of what was going on deep inside the very depths of my being. So I looked at her with half-closed eyes and I said, I am not the body, I am the soul, and the soul feels nothing. My mother thought that I was saying a fond farewell to her, that I was going to leave the realm of the living and go into the realm of the dead. She wept furiously, her hot tears cascading down my cold face and she wept and she said you cannot go now who will look after your twins they will be motherless you need to be here and she slapped she kept slapping my face as if to get a response how could I convince her that This feeling was one that was self-induced. How could I tell her that? However, things took a different turn. Diagnostic reports arrived, as did a doctor brandishing an injection that was to turn my fate a full 360 degrees around. The ice finished, as did my fever and I was lovingly, albeit a trifle, gingerly, carried by the human collective force gathered around me into the bathroom and placed on a plastic stool directly under the bathing shower. Now, apparently, the onslaught of tepid room temperature water would do the deed. It would keep my... Fever under check. Thereafter, with immense relief, I sank comfortably back onto my bed. And yes, sank into my life as well. There was one thing that stuck out like a sore thumb in those by now highly regulated surroundings. The green single sofa that sat dolefully next to my bed. I had actually begun to dislike it with a passion, if that was possible, towards an inanimate object. My mother, having anticipated its purpose, had placed it there so that I could intermittently feed the twins while sitting on it. However, all I seemed to be doing all day long was to tediously swap the two in an unending, tiresome rotation. The twins also seemed to find the task tiring, invariably falling asleep before their hunger could be abated. And so this cycle continued ad infinitum. In retrospect, life shows up, its varied hues, and in a completely strange fashion. It was astonishing to see the reactions of the same person at two different points of their existence. My father, having roamed the world and its various ports, returned home to be welcomed with a new addition to his family when I was born. Setting his eyes excitedly on me, his daughter, he fumbled furiously because he was scared to the core of dropping this precious infant, this precious cargo. He was willing to hold me only if I was presented to him on a cushion placed safely on his protective and shielding extended arms. Fast forward to the future, the children grew steadily, as did my father's fearless confidence. He happily trotted around the house, tucking a grandchild under each arm, as would a shepherd, and a lamb by its forelimbs, safely against his body. How strange is it that the same person who dreaded holding the child, actually thought that he could just lift his two grandchildren nonchalantly in his arms as if they were tiny little sheep. Well, this also occurred to me and I think I stored it somewhere in the recesses of my mind, the crevices of my mind, to come up and to... Bear its truth. Yes, evolution of every human being is not only a possibility but is the truth. And yes, once again, the only thing permanent is change. And change we all do, change we all must. Looking out from the depths of the windows of my mind, the seed of a thought is naturally planted. What have I internalized? And what have I embraced? P-M-E-S When my palm was deliberately pressed so painfully hard, I purposely did not allow the pain to be shown on my face. That was the first insight I had in being able to suppress pain in any form. P-M-E-S Physical, Mental, Emotional and Spiritual. My face would carry a lingering smile diametrically opposed to the seething turbulence within. Herein lay the deep-seated multi-layered conditioning. The challenges I faced are hidden as a treasured secret within the crevices of my heart, mind and soul. In retrospect, I present myself as an ever-smiling, ever-laughing entity no matter what the odds might be. Entail. You could call it Pavlov's conditioning. You could call it habitual conditioning. But the fact of the matter is, I don't even let a whiff of the pain I feel deep within me ever escape to the gullible outer world. The simple, eternal truth, my darlings, is that if I can do it, So can you. Yes, if I can do it, so can you. That is the ace I have up my sleeve. That is what I live by. That is what I encourage anyone and everyone I speak to, regardless of whether they are my patients, my family, my friends, and in some aspects, even myself. After all, self motivation is also important, as you well know. Yes. If I can be diagnosed innumerable times with different traumatizing, disturbing adversities, I'm still dispel all those negative feelings and fill them up with excited anticipation of how I can overcome all that, so can you. If I can have different surgeries of varying, shattering momentum, so can you. And what happens when I have a surgery? It's just not one word. It is that you are... Cleared up. You are cleaned. You are d. De- you are sanitized, and uh, you are taken into a separate room where they actually insert the veins with a needle. But what do you do when you cannot have those needles inserted into the veins of your arms? Remember. Breast cancer, 98, left side. Breast cancer, 2004, right side. My veins were taboo. So what happens next? Every time you require blood for testing or you require to put in some medication into your body, Even if it is to put in isotopes for a PET scan, where does it go? Where are the veins used from my feet? And let me assure you that the veins in the feet are thicker and more difficult to come by. In fact, sometimes, thankfully, they have an apparatus which burns bright red and which when put on the surface of your skin can clearly show you the formation of the veins underneath. So that is when the veins in my feet got punctured, often for testing as well as for insertion of medication. And darlings, if I can do it, so can you. So, when I go into a surgery, from the very depths of my heart, a very simple job emerges. Yes, of course, there are some mantras like the Gayatri Mantra and the Mahamrityunjaya Mantra, which I do have in readiness to proclaim or chant or repeat myself till it gives me a feeling of calmness, serenity, and peace. I use these often, I promise you. So you go into a surgery with the idea that the knife is used on you for your own good. It is in fact the kindness of the knife that releases what is not meant to be within and Once it is stitched up and heals, that is what you require. So you jump ahead in your mind. You think that the surgery is over very, very successfully. You take deep breaths and you go where you are meant to be. Chemos, if I can do it, so can you. If I can take them, soaking But at every point one needs a system to help one, to aid one, whether you call it a crutch or whether you call it a helping hand. It is a system. And what system did I use during chemotherapy? I spoke to the divinity in my chemotherapy while it was cursing into my veins, into my ports, And I asked the divinity to destroy only the bad selves and leave the good ones alone. Yes, these are the ways in which you uplift your body, mind and soul. These are the ways in which to be positive and to face all the adversities that come your way. After all, the divinity is there. Divine, Supreme, Almighty God is there. We are made in His image and it is our birthright to be happy and healthy. And all these things that happen to us lead us to a life that is filled thereafter with happiness and with health. Radiation, Yes, if I can go through it, so can I And what do you do? It is as if we are accessing the strength of the rays of the sun. And if looked like that, how beautiful is it that those very rays are the ones that destroy the negativity in us, destroy the bad cells and heal us. So welcome the rays. Welcome the rays into any part of that. When we go out and the element of the sun, we soak in all the strength and the goodness from it. Why don't we just take it in the same way that the radiation is the sun warming us and making us healthier and better? day by day. So, remember that whatever happens to us, there are always two ways, two paths. Do I take the one on the left or the right? Or do I still take the one in front? Remember that with a little bit of peaceful introspection, It is your body, your mind, your soul, and your connection with God that gives you the correct way to follow. So whatever pathway is shown to us by the Beloved, Almighty, Supreme One, through hints that are given to our body, mind, and soul, we embark on that adventure, On that journey, with the full knowledge that it is for the best of myself. And with that surrender, let me tell you, one and all, that we achieve and reach our ultimate goal. I bless each and every one of you listening in, and all your family members and friends, this divine surrender at the lotus feet of that supreme being who knows what is the best for us thank you God is great I embrace isn't just about my journey of conquering cancer It's about embracing life in all its entanglement and beauty. Remember, in this journey of life, you are never alone. And I need to thank you for becoming a part of this inspiring journey. Thank you for joining me today on I Embrace and my heartfelt wishes. Stay resilient. Stay positive and most importantly, keep embracing life in all its glory.